Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue, your series-by-series check-in for Cubs news, notes, and banter. We are the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, a SB Nation team site for the Chicago Cubs. And you can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. You can also find us on Twitter.com, where we are blasting all of our related content at Cup of Cubby Blue. I'm Sarah Sanchez, and I write about the Cubs for Bleed Cubby Blue, and I'm breathing like a massive sigh of relief because we are recording right after the Cubs won game four of their four-game series against the Padres. (laughs) Hi, guys. I'm Andy Cruz Vanasek, and you. (laughs) Yeah, all I got to say. We're going to talk about you for sure, but this team likes to give me heart attacks, and (laughs) I was like, what are you even doing right now? Oh, um, so Andy, how's it going? It's going great. I am, you know, I'm happy they ended this series on that note. Yes, it was a little bit of a heart stopper, but I think probably why I'm so happy and why I sound like I'm getting ready to fly through the wall is because I'm going to Chicago in a couple days. I know. I'm so excited. You get to come hang out with me. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I can't wait. It's going to be so fun. I'm so excited. Yeah, so Andy and I are obviously going to some Cubs games because like you do, um, but Andy is coming to visit me this weekend and we will both be at Cubs social media night on Monday at at Wrigley Field. We're going to hang out in the bleachers. It's going to be super fun. So if you happen to be going to Cubs social media night, make sure you come and say hi. Um, We look just like the pictures that we have on Twitter. So... (laughs) (laughs) well yeah we'll be that you'll know our laughs too you'll hear our laughs and you'll be like there they are quiet at all (laughs) yeah well you'll you'll know you'll know where we're at probably at all times probably (laughs) awesome um okay let's talk about baseball so uh the san diego series i will the real cubs team please stand up seriously what is going on with this team? Game one, and they looked awesome. Game four, they escaped. Game two was an absurd heartbreaker, and game three, they looked terrible. Who who are the Chicago Cubs in 2019, Andy? <laughs> uh-huh. I don't think we'll ever know the answer to that question, to be quite honest. I mean we'll know at the end of the season based on whether they make the playoffs or not. But like I, some days I feel like this team is world beaters and other days I feel like they're just frankly kind of bad. Well, if, if this consistent inconsistency keeps up, there's not going to be much of much playoffs to watch. I'm afraid. No. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, so we're, we're going to talk about the state of the NL central race in a little bit, but the, there is, you know, a very real chance that the Cubs aren't even going to make it to the wild card game at this point. And they really need to be the team that showed up in game one, maybe a little bit of the team that showed up in game four, but they cannot be losing games to the Padres at this stage. There are 16 games left. Um, for those of you who are keeping track of such things at home, game one of the series against the Padres for what it was brilliant. Uh, the Nico Horner game, this was magical. I cannot say enough good things about Nico Horner. Um, so I'm going to let Andy go first, and then I'll just fill in all of the good things I'd like to say. Well, first of all, and, and you know, obviously 
we don't have a ton to go off of. We have not seen him even play or even heard what he can do at the triple a level this year because he never saw it. He was drafted in 2018. He went straight from double a, he was literally on his parents' couch when he got the phone call and came straight to the bigs. Like the, another thing that's, that I think speaks volumes about this kid is there was no motion. There was, he, you know, there was no big sob story, you know, mom and dad hugging, jumping up, up and down, nothing like that. It was literally, okay, here I come. And he packed his bags and went. And I mean, this kid is from, from what I understand, a complete field rat. Like he's just a baseball rat. He, he does nothing other than live, breathe and eat baseball. And I'll tell you what, the second I saw him smile on that field, it was just, I don't know about anybody else. I don't know what anybody else was thinking. I don't know what the, what it felt like to be in the crowd or to be on the field with him, but it was like, it was like a jolt of energy. When I saw that smile, it was like, this is what we need. We need this like youthful energy, this fun having, which that's all I noticed about game one is I saw Ben Zorba smiling and playing around. I saw Castellanos playing around with Horner. I mean, it was just it was awesome. It was it was great the energy and the vibe that you could tell he brought into this club. So I'm just all kinds of excited, and it has nothing to do with how he plays, even though he is. It, it was it was really I felt like the jolt of energy this team needed that game. Yeah, uh, it was really outstanding in a lot of ways. So he. Um... The, the exact quote I think he had when Jason McLeod called him to tell him that he was getting called up was, let's do this, which, P.S. obvious shirts, that's the Nico Horner shirt, let's do this, uh, particularly if they wind up making it to the postseason. Um, but he was just great. He made every play, that the every easy play, every hard play. He had he three hits. He went three for five. One of those hits was a triple. He had four RBIs. He scored two runs. He had a heads up base running play. I mean, is he Javi Baez in the field? No, he is not. Um, can he play second base for this team long-term? I think he absolutely can. And he kind of looks sort of lead off this G too, which makes me really excited because that's been something that the Cubs have been missing the last couple of years since Dexter Fowler left. Um, but I, you know, he was such a great boost to this team and to the energy of this team. And I loved every second of it. I also, when was the last time a rookie got called up on the road and had fans chanting his name <laughs> in the ballpark? That was nuts. And they were doing that today, too. That was crazy. Like, I, I, I'm like. Like, you really had to think for a second, like, wait a second, aren't they on the road? Like, like <laughs> is this happening? Like, so cool. So very cool for him. Yeah, the Nico chants were incredible. And, like, I mean, for those of you who haven't maybe been to a lot of home games at Wrigley, there aren't a ton of fan name chants at Wrigley. Javi gets them every now and again. That's about it. It's like Javi chants and let's go Cubbies. So, to have Nico get that kind of um, welcome, not even at Wrigley, was incredible. I thought it was great. Um, and, you know, he earned it. He had a really awesome game one. He did not shine quite as much in later games in the series, but he did what he had to, and he, and he didn't do anything that hurt the team, which, frankly, I thought was important. You know what I mean? Like, he clearly can play some solid defense. He was in my opinion, he looks like the best option that the Cubs have at shortstop right now. If and when Addison Russell comes off the concussion list, I think the Cubs should stick with Nico there and Russell can go back to second. 
And I'm sure that that's not their plan, but Nico looks more competent and a little bit more comfortable at shortstop right now than Russell has for a while. Well, and not only that, but you said it yourself. I mean, didn't make any errors, didn't hurt the team. I mean, can we say that about our other option? And that's the thing. He plays on a major league team and has been doing so for years and he continues to make mistakes and make errors that hurt the team. So, I mean, this kid probably had, you know, the adrenaline rush, the nerves, the butterflies, everything going on. I mean, you can only imagine he handled it like a complete professional made a couple of really good plays again, not Javi bias, but good plays. Um, you know, went three for five at the plate with four RBIs, just, a really good way to to set the tone about his his arrival to this team. So, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, just keep him in the middle infield. If if and when Addison has to come back and and he's the the best option that Josie's fit at shortstop, fine. But put Horner over at second. I mean, he just it, it to me. I just feel like he's somebody that needs to be in the game. He is obviously a solid defender, and the more at bats he gets, the the more consistent he's going to be. The the better he's going to be. Keep in mind, guys, he never even saw Triple A this year. So this is for me that seems huge that he was even able to do what he did in his first game in the major leagues. He's had four hundred sixty nine minor league plate appearances. And a bunch of those were at Arizona Fall League. So, Nico, keep it up. Cannot wait. Cannot wait to see you at Wrigley Field on Sunday. Um, Yay, I can't wait. <laughs> by the way, for those of you who don't maybe have tickets this weekend, Sunday is Pedro Stroke Bobblehead Day. Andy and I will be at that as well. And hi, Pedro Stroke Bobblehead Day. So, <laughs> if you're in the Chicagoland area, this is one of those days you go to. Um, game two... This was a heartbreaker to lose. And honestly, like part of me found myself wishing that they would have just lost five to two instead of the fake comeback and the four home runs and like all of the like, and look, I was one of the people I was out on Twitter when it was five to two. And I was like, it's the second inning, pour yourself some wine. It's going to be great. And I was real close to right until they couldn't get people out in extra innings and c Shack man just could not find. Well, okay. Let me pause there. C-Sheck found the plate and they all got called balls and then he couldn't find the plate and it was just over. And that, thank you again, umpires, for destroying baseball and making it impossible for us to enjoy the game as it is intended with a predictable strike zone. Yeah, that, I mean, God. I mean, at some point they have to be tired of doing their job badly as much as we are talking about it. Because it's just to the point now where it's like every darn game, there is some play or some at bat that is just horrendous. And you just, ugh, it just, it it makes my stomach turn because it's just one of those things that like, I know I'm not the only one seeing this. So somebody else has got to be seeing this, like somebody that actually can do something about this. It's just, it's crazy to me. Um. I mean, can they go back to umpiring school? Like, is there continuing education? Like, what needs to happen here? Something needs to happen. It's just, it's it's such a maddening situation. And yeah, this game, I'm going to be real honest. I made it until I think the top of the ninth. 
And that was, that was it for me. I could not do it. I get up entirely too early. It was, it was just one of those things I tried and could not do it. But from what I saw, it was really good to see both KB and Hayward, um, come out of their slump, if, if that's what you can call them. Um, it, it, that felt really good. And that felt like we were kind of making some headway and that it was going to be a, um, a win for us, especially with two comebacks, but yeah, just, I hated waking up in the morning and checking my phone and seeing that score. Like that was just such a, a pit in the stomach. Right. Totally. I mean, that is definitely true. The late night games were real rough this week. I actually, the game I wound up falling asleep during was game three and I crashed on my couch and woke up at like four o'clock in the morning on my couch and dragged myself to bed to like sleep in my real bed for a couple more hours. <laughs> so I was like, Oh, just kidding. Um, But three was just kind of like, I mean, I don't know. What is there to say about this game? The Cubs didn't score. (laughs) They, the best scoring opportunity they had, um, Anthony Rizzo had a triple and was standing on third base when a fly ball was hit and for some reason decided not to come home. (laughs) And then it was just like all downhill from there. (laughs) Well, and the offense, yeah, there's not a whole lot to talk about. Three hits. But what's more alarming to me is that we are not seeing the bounce back Hamels that we thought we were going to get at this point in the season. And that is a tad bit alarming to me. Right. No, I agree with that. And frankly, like if I'm looking at who the Cubs have as starting pitching options in the postseason right now, assuming they get to the postseason, I mean, Hamels is by far the weakest starter that the Cubs have had in the second half. And I don't really know what you do with that because he's got so much postseason experience and you don't want to obviously not put that on your roster, but it sort of seems to me like he might find himself in a pen situation or in a later situation just because he's, I mean, he has an ERA since he came back from the oblique injury over seven. Um, That is decidedly worse than all of the other options that the Cubs have. Yeah, I mean, and and who would have ever thought, you know, a couple months ago that we would be having this conversation? We obviously did not see this coming. And to have Hamels and Lester be two of our pitchers that have the most postseason experience, are grinders, are experienced veterans, and you just kind of feel like they're running out of gas. And it's just not, you know, it's not going to be the same for them. And it's really, it's... It's really kind of hard to swallow because obviously we know that this is not what they want because they're both the guys that we thought would bounce back and bounce back well, and that's not happening. So you know that they, they're not going out there saying, you know, well, I'm not going to give it my best tonight. You know, I mean, they're just both struggling and it's really hard to watch. And I tell you what, every time I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be it. This is going to be the game that Hamels turns it around. He's going to give us a long, a long start with, you know, dominant performance, no walks, good control. And it just, it's not there. It's not there. And it's alarming. Yeah. I mean, I agree with the Hamels portion of this for sure. I am less worried about Lester. I mean, I, I get that Lester does not look like, you know, old school Lester, but I looked at this for the site um, earlier this week, about five days ago. And the, you know, Lester is not, has not been great in the second half, but he, his ERA is 3.22. His FIP is like at 4.37. This was before his last start. So these numbers are pro- have probably shifted a little bit. 
I mean, Hamels by comparison is sporting an ERA at that point of 7.12 and a FIP of 5.75. These are like not comparable situations. Lester absolutely makes the postseason roster. He probably doesn't get a game one start, but you want him there and you want him pitching. He's figured out ways to win even when he's been struggling. Um, But frankly, I think that the best starter that the Cubs have right at this moment in time is you Darvish. And I don't think it's particularly close. And in fact, let's just talk about game four and what you Darvish did today, because man, Darvish is on fire. I mean, wow. (laughs) Wow. Wow. He was so impressive. So impressive. And um, I know we're going to talk about the the state of the race in a couple minutes. And I have a couple things that I definitely want to mention that I've been hearing on the radio here in St. Louis. But I'll tell you right now, if Darvish looks, if he can continue to throw like that and look like that, he is for sure our wild card game starter. A hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. One hundred percent. Like if you have to go in one game against Max Scherzer, the person who is on the round man for the Cubs right now is you Darvish. And look, you have a quick hook with him and you have all of your other people in the bullpen just in case. But like you have absolutely got to start you Darvish in that game if the Cubs are in the wild card. I agree. I mean, two hits, 14 strikeouts in six innings. That is insane. That's crazy. Now, the other part of this kind of makes me sad because I did hear them talk about this, and I was thinking about this as well. Coming off of this injury where, you know, he had the forearm issues, you definitely don't want to see him go too long. Definitely not, especially at this point in the season. But you also wonder how many strikeouts he could have ended a a longer start with. If he could have went eight innings, how many more strikeouts would he have gotten? Obviously, no more than six. But still, I mean, you know, he could have definitely matched, if not beaten his his career best which is 15 so yeah I mean it was just a great start for him they really needed this boost from a starting pitcher and and they got it and he looked dominant and I think the other part that I really appreciated was the fact that he was getting so frustrated with pitches he was throwing that were still good pitches but they just weren't locating where he wanted them to and and he wasn't getting you know he was getting a lot of check swings and I think he was expecting probably more swing and misses so um that was that was good to see too I just gosh I just love watching him pitch he's he's so masterful it's amazing yeah I also love watching him pitch I I'm glad that he didn't come out for another inning I think he was at 110 pitches when I looked last I don't know where he wound up but I know he had thrown a lot of pitches so they they certainly didn't pull him early today however um you know, you will take that uh, 14 strikeouts any day. <laughs> I mean, it was absolutely great, and I was really, really excited about it. Um, all right. So the rest of game four, the other – oh, the other thing I wanted to talk about with game four, uh, this small ball was incredible, and I really liked that the Cubs were manufacturing runs. I sort of liked that there weren't any home runs, even though it meant that we didn't – add to our tally for the dollars for dingers campaign that we're doing with the Mets fans who, by the way, if you listen to this and you want to join this campaign, please join because the Mets fans are absolutely wrecking Cubs fans right now. (laughs) We would like to get some more Cubs representation in our campaign to raise money for the national domestic violence hotline. Um, But the manufactured runs, uh, you know, with like a walk, then a single, then a sacrifice fly or, you know, a walk, then a single, stolen bases, and an RBI single. I love that. I think it's great. I want to see more of it. Yeah, I, I, you know I appreciate that. Like, that's that's a huge thing for me, I guess, coming from the background I came from. Um, 
you know, some of the softball I played was a lot more manufactured short game. And so I definitely appreciate it. I appreciate um, the great timing on things and um, the anticipation. It was just, it was a different side of the Cubs that we hadn't seen, but definitely needs to be there, especially when their offense is not clicking. You have to be able to put something together. And when you're manufacturing and, and small balling, it's definitely, it works better. It works better than nothing. We'll put it that way. So yeah, it was, it was good to see and to know that it still can be a part of their game plan. And, you know, if that, if a situation calls for it, they can do it. I definitely appreciate that and love that they were able to show us that today. Totally. Um, Okay. Let's talk quickly about the state of the race. I mean, I'm just going to say that it's kind of frustrating, even though I'm, I'm happy that the Cubs won that finale heading back to Wrigley field. The, the Cardinals finally lost a couple of games. The Rockies did their thing and took two of the games that they played against the Cardinals. The Nationals lost a couple of games. The Diamondbacks lost a couple of games. Everybody, you know, except the Brewers who were playing the Marlins and did what you're supposed to do when you're playing bad teams and won. Um, and so everything is exactly where it was the last time that we talked, except that the Brewers have tied the Cubs for the second wild card spot and the Cubs have gained absolutely no ground. And I... I'm just going to need the Cubs to start doing some winning and go on a little bit of a stretch here. They've been excellent at home. Hopefully they can really take advantage of this homestand and, you know, win the vast majority of their games there against the Pirates and the Reds um, and then the Cardinals and do some damage and get on a roll here. Well, while Sarah was running this down for you and you guys were all clawing at your ears, I'm going to make this even worse. The Brewers and the Cardinals play each other this weekend. So figure out who you're cheering for there because I still haven't. <laughs> Do they have three games or four games? They have three. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, so at this point, I'd actually kind of like the Cardinals to beat the Brewers because the Cubs have head-to-head games against the Cardinals. Right. And I, you know what? The Cubs are going to have to do damage against the Cardinals head-to-head if they want to win the division, I think that is where this gets done. So the Cubs need to beat everybody else and that including the Cardinals and let the Cardinals knock the Brewers out of contention is my, right. that's my yeah. instinct. Well, and keep in mind too, that the, God, that did Milwaukee, I just say I'm rooting for the Cardinals? Well, I'm you did. I don't know. My brain can't handle it. <laughs> I can't root for either of them. This is awful. This is so, ugh. so, Here's my thing. So uh, obviously you guys know I live in St. Louis. I When I drive to work and drive home from work, I listen to um, St. Louis Sports Radio. I have heard no less than two different shows talk about how they are not worried about the Cubs. They are not concerned about not winning the division. They are very confident they're going to win the division. They're not worried about the Cubs or the Brewers. Um, I've just, I've heard this a number of times. I've, I've heard them talk a, a, a number of different personalities say, well, you know, you know how bad a shape the Cubs are in. You know how bad the Cubs are right now. You know where the Cubs are at right now. So my thought is every time I hear that, I just cringe because it's like, do you think for a second, if if the roles were reversed, do you think we wouldn't be worried about the Cardinals? Of course we would. Of course we would. I mean, I'm pretty sure that when we were still five and a half games up on it, we were all a little worried about the Cardinals. They're the Cardinals. I mean, they do stuff like this. They have no-name guys that have played one day in single A and come up and are superstars for the Cardinals. It just doesn't make sense to me. Obviously, I'm exaggerating. So my whole thing is, I just, listen, if we do nothing else the rest of this season, 
I just want to keep it close with the Cardinals. I want our head-to-head games to be good games. No stupid blowouts, no stupid mistakes. Keep it close. Keep it interesting. Make them a little nervous. If they win the division and we end up in the wild card, okay. I mean, I guess I can live with that. I live in St. Louis, guys. It's not going to be easy either way. But we just, I don't want them to, 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 coast the rest of the season like they need to they need to sweat a little bit and we we need to at least do that and I'm not saying we can't win the division obviously mathematically we still could but we I mean there really has to be some some a sense of urgency and definitely the guys need to you know fire on the gas and get going here because this is it, it there's no more messing around 16 games and how many of those are against the Cardinals yeah it's go time All right. I think that is a really good place for us to take a break. And then on the flip side, we will come back and talk a bit about this pirate series coming up at Wrigley. And we're back. So the Cubs have three games against the Pirates starting on Friday afternoon at Wrigley. It's kind of a weird start time for this game. The game starts at 3.05 Central time. The reason for that is that the Cubs, even with the day game, Today in San Diego, because of flight times, they'll get back kind of late. And because of Sydney ordinances, they still have to play on in the afternoon. They can't play a night game on Friday because the city of Chicago is the city of Chicago. So they need um, they, they bumped it as late as they could, basically. So that game will be at 305 Central if you're trying to catch it. Um, Andy, what are you looking for with this Pirate, this pirate Series and the Cubs? Well, unfortunately, the two um, basement dwellers in our division, and I'm speaking of the Pirates and the Reds, always play the Chicago Cubs like it's their World Series. So, well, yes, but even in April, they were playing us like that. And listen, when you're at an even playing ground and you're still playing like that, I mean, I know everybody bumps up their their playing level for um, the Cubs. I kind of feel like teams have been like that with us since 2016, which makes sense. It's fine. It is what it is. You know, teams love to hate us. So my whole thing is we have got to play better defense. We have got to have more consistent defense. Our defense has looked atrocious the past couple games. I mean, that's the easiest thing you can do at a major league level. That is the easiest thing you can do. And then, you know, if we have to start manufacturing runs, if we have to do the small ball, okay. If our home runs aren't flying out, okay. But we, the defense has got to be there. There, You've got to be one step ahead of every batter. And I, they just need to look like they're prepared for the series and go out and handle business like they should be against this Pittsburgh Pirates team that is should be nowhere even in the same sentence as, you know, winning a series against the Chicago Cubs. So we have got to do our job. We have got to win some baseball games. Yeah, I mean, this is, I, I mean, I, it's like cliche at this point. It's do or die time. It's been do or die time for a while, and the Cubs just haven't really gotten the memo, which, you know, frankly, I, if um, you were listening to Chicago area local radio today, Theo Epstein went on 670 The Score and kind of did a very, you know, transparent number on the whole, like, we aren't playing well. We've been mediocre. There are changes coming type of thing. And I, I really can't blame him for this at this point of time except to say that he is the person who has constructed everything as it is currently 
manifest, right? So like the roster and the bullpen and the players who seemingly forget how to play good fundamental baseball and the pitchers who all of a sudden can't throw a strike and the hitters who go on these long droughts where they can't hit. These are all people who are put in that place by the front the front office. So it is one of those things, but you, I just cannot stress enough that this series and the Cubs' ability or inability to win during it is going to have a very real effect on what this team looks like next year. And the whole homestand is, as a matter of fact. So if you love this core of players, if this is something you want to see kept together, I, I think there are going to be changes regardless. But I think that, you know, there are some people who could really make a case to stay in Chicago, hint, hint, Joe Madden, um, in the next few days. And I'm going to be keeping a close eye on that. Yeah, I really hope you're right. I really hope you're right because um, my whole thing with the Joe Madden situation, and I know we're getting off topic of our ne- next series, but like you said, I think this next series is, you know, is going to be very determining and how this how this offseason goes. But I think um, with Joe Madden, I think that the people that are saying he's gone or want him to be gone need to be really careful what you wish for because his successor, I mean, the thought of that kind of gives me the EBGBs. Like, I don't know who could come in and do a good job with this team. Obviously I'm not a professional, but I mean, this guy won a a world series with this team. He has his quirks obviously, but think about who the other options would be. That's all I'm asking. Just think about who, if you want him gone, who do you want in there and be realistic? Right. Well, and what I'm tra- what all I meant with it, talking about that in the context of this series is, you know, if the Cubs go in here and drop two out of three to the Pirates, uh, I mean, do we really think Joe's coming back? I don't. Like, I no, yeah, I think no, that the no Cubs, way. I mean, I, I I'm not saying that Joe is coming back for sure if the Cubs win out and make it to the wild card and lose. You know what I mean? Like, it's been sort of the sort of Damocles hanging over this team the entire season, and. But I am 100% that if the Cubs look terrible against the Pirates and the Reds, it's done. Like, the deal is done. Yeah, I was feeling pretty bad after last night's game. Like, four to nothing with three hits against the San San Diego Padres in the last three weeks of the season. Like, that was just really hard for me. I kind of felt heartbroken at that point. Um, Obviously, today was a little bit better, but that's just – that's still – that's. First of all, not a team that you should be losing to. Second of all, a time of the season when you have to win baseball games, especially when you have the opportunity to gain ground. And then three, you're losing to to this team that, you know, I mean, granted, yes, you're on the road. That shouldn't matter. With the lineup that you have, it should not matter. This year it has, and it's just so unfortunate. Yeah, so speaking of this Pirates series, um, the Pirates are throwing the following pitchers against the Cubs. They have Brault. Marvel and Williams going against Lester Hendricks and Q in that order. What are you looking for in these pitching matchups, Andy? Um, Well, like you said, and I hope is right. We don't worry about Lester and Lester comes out and does what he needs to do. Um, You know, we just, we need some good solid outings from these three. Hendricks has looked really good and Q definitely has, has been shaky. Um, well, and Hendricks was shaky in Milwaukee. So hopefully being at home, these guys 
click their heels together and give us some great starts. Um, you know, Pittsburgh is still Pittsburgh. I mean, they're still throwing Josh Bell out there and he's hit home runs off of people. So, you know, you still, there's going to be spots in that lineup that you're going to really need to be cautious of. But as long as we're playing defense and our pitching can keep the ball in the park, I think we'll be okay. Yeah, the Cubs have, um, I mean, obviously these teams have seen a lot of each other of each other this year. The one person they have not seen anything of is James Marvel. And I hope I'm saying that right. I don't know if it's Marvel or Marvell. So I apologize if I'm saying this kid's name wrong. Um, he made his major league debut last Sunday uh, when the Pirates lost to the Cardinals. But he, you know, he pitched all right. He has currently a 3.6 ERA. He got two strikeouts in that game. Um, we'll see what happens. He lasted five innings and that's not a terrible debut for somebody for their major league career. It'll be interesting to see what the Cubs can do against him. The Cubs sometimes struggle against pitchers they don't know very much about and other times they come out like gangbusters against them. So that'll be interesting to me. Um, John Lester, despite some of his struggles this year, has been really good against Pittsburgh this year, including the last game Andy and I went to together, which was opening day at Wrigley Field, um, although Lester didn't stay in that game very long because he got hurt, but he, the Cubs were really good in that game, and Lester looked great before he came out with an injury early. So hopefully John keeps up his um, good times against Pittsburgh. He has a 1.84 ERA and three starts this year against the Pirates. As far as hot hitters go, I mean, Kyle Schwarber, I cannot say enough good things about in the last two weeks. He's hit four home runs. He's slashing 279, 354, 674. I I want him to keep doing his thing. And Chris Bryant has finally heated up again too. He's a little bit streaky. So hopefully he'll ride that hot streak through the rest of the regular season. Who are you looking for on the Cubs, Andy? Well, if you guys follow me on Twitter, you know I mentioned this earlier today that I'm a little angry with Scott Boris for what I feel like he did a little jinx number on Nicholas Castellanos. Um, ever since the other day when he started kind of talking to reporters about uh, upcoming offseason where he'll be a free agent, Cassianos has been a little quiet in the lineup. So I'm hoping that he breaks out of that with a little Wrigley juice and, um, you know, gets on a hot streak again, gets back to the Cassianos that we've had since the All-Star break. And hopefully Scott Boris has learned to go ahead and put a sock in it. And we'll talk about it later, sir. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Um, as far as Pirates hot hitters go, sorry, I'm still giggling at the idea of Scott Boris ever putting a sock in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is funny. Yes. Not going to happen, but I love it. Like we can have Scott Boris socks. That would be great. Um, <laughs> as far as the Pirates go, this Newman kid has been super hot for them. He's slashing 405, 479, 690 over the last two weeks. It crossed a pretty sizable number of plate appearances. I think it was like 48 or something like that. Uh, Frazier, Bell, and Marte have also been hot. What are you thinking about the Pirates, Andy? I mean, this is what they're – ruining the Cubs season is basically all the Pirates have left. It yeah, and I, I know. Well, and I was kind of thinking with the the history that these guys have had facing each other this season, I feel like that is what makes them drool these days is being able to ruin the Cubs season. So hopefully just as much as they're feeding off of that, the Cubs are feeding off the chance of getting back to the postseason. So, I mean, it, it's got to be a reality. We can't, you know my husband and I always kind of joke because we always say that um, our kids play to the level of their opponents, which, you know, if you 
it's kind of funny because as children, obviously, you know, that part doesn't matter, but I don't want them to play to the level of their opponents. Let's put it that way. They need to be um, the solid offense they are. They need to not hit batters because I imagine that there may be some beanball involved in this series that has been a carryover all season. Um, Their, their priority needs to be winning baseball games. They should not be distracted by anything else because Lord knows what the game plans will be against for the pirates and for the reds in this upcoming home stand. So play baseball, beat the big batters. Obviously Frazier and bell are going to be tough, but you know, as long as we're playing solid defense and our pitching is okay. And I'll say it again. I, I think we have a really good chance of, you know, taking two out of three, we really need to sweep. That would be really fantastic because then, you know, we're gaining ground on either the pie or if we sweep, we're gaining ground on either the brewers or the, the Cardinals, because one of those two teams has to lose. So, um, I mean, wishful thinking, you don't know if that's going to happen being as, you know, as back and forth as this Cubs team has been, but if they are going to be who they're supposed to be at any point in time, now would be it. And they would sweep the pirates. Yeah. I, I mean, I would love nothing more than the Cubs to sweep the pirates here. It, I agree with you. It's the right time and, they need to do it. I mean, this is this is the postseason, boys, so get it taken care of. Um, I, I just can't echo what you said about the beanball wars enough. I, I absolutely hate that the Pirates throw up and in on teams, including the Cubs, frequently, and I really want them to stop doing it, and I'm going to be watching for that this series. I'm also going to be watching for some team chemistry stuff. I don't know if you happen to see this, but there was apparently a fight between uh, Felipe Vasquez and Crick that landed Crick had to have surgery on his extensor tendons in his hand and ended his season because of a fight with one of his own teammates which what is going on in the Pirates clubhouse when that happens I well I feel like we've heard about this off and on since the all-star break that they've had a lot of tension in their dugout and I, you know what? I hate to say this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. And nothing brings a group of guys together that don't like each other, like beating a team like the Chicago Cubs. So let's not let that happen. <laughs> let's yeah. make them fight more. <laughs> don't help, don't give them any help here, Cubs. Right. Go out, exactly. Done. <laughs> all right. Uh, that is basically all the time that we have. Andy and I will be cheering on the Cubs to hopefully see them sweep the pirates on sunday at pedro stroke bobblehead day we will also be hanging out at cub social media night on monday come find us and say hello if you're a fan of the show we would love to hear from you and as always you can find us on twitter between now and then i am at bcb underscore sarah she is at briz underscore blue and you can follow both of us at the at cup of cubby blue account bye